You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, I am your host, Joe Gooley of ZoneCoverage.com, and with me is Tony Abbott of The Athletic Minnesota. Tony, how was your weekend? It was pretty good, Joe. It was pretty good. I got to finish it up tonight by watching my favorite TV show, Kevin Fiala Wrecks Everyone's Stuff. (laughs) Just breaking ankles, right? Yeah, just absolutely destroying everyone as he has all last week. Yeah, it's, uh, we might have jumped the gun on the whole uh, Fiala love because we could seriously do a whole other episode on just kind of what he did to the Avs and the uh, and the Chicago Blackhawks and really just kind of this past week just in how great he's been. He's looked absolutely dominant. We talk about this all the time, that Kevin Fiala does stuff that Minnesota Wild players aren't supposed to do. And that's what we saw from him tonight, like in just like a normal uh, Sunday night game where he goes and he uh, he breaks some ankles, uh, deking a player away from the half wall to give himself some space, kind of like walks the line of the top of the slot while two players are kind of sprawling out to defend him, is super patient on that. And not only is super patient on that, fires a shot from the top of the slot and is able to get it past a goalie, as far as I can tell, without a tip or a screen mm-hmm. or that anything. Clean. Just, just beats him clean. Yeah, it was clean, and his move was straight filth. Um, kind of, I'm not going to say it's exactly like the Mikhail Granlin goal from from the postseason in 2014, but seeing a bunch of uh, white avalanche jerseys just flailing and missing and, uh, and ending with a Minnesota Wild player uh, with the red light on behind their their, their net, um, it, it kind of had the same sort of feel uh, with a lot of guys missing. I, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm stretching there with the, with the Granlin goal comparison, but uh, certainly the stakes weren't as high. But I, I mean, want to know what you think. They weren't as high, but, you know, you, you got to think for this team, right? Uh, trying to trying to get back into the playoff picture, playing a division rival in a, in a real tough game, real tough matchup. Like, this is a, this is a Colorado Avalanche team. That has absolutely dominated the wild. So to uh, to you know score a big goal in in a situation like that, I mean, obviously, like nothing can be as high as you're down two nothing in a series and it's an overtime. Like nothing is that right, high, right? But we're still talking about it. Kevin Fiala elevating his game in a high pressure moment. Yeah, and and national TV and everybody got to see that. That was. Uh... Electrifying to say this. He also added an assist earlier in the game on a uh, on a. Uh, I'm preasing to being the primary assist, but uh, he certainly got uh, the power play rolling earlier in that game as well. And um, yeah, it's just kind of you know, like I said, we compounds off of like what he did against the uh, the, uh, the the Chicago Blackhawks in, in just the shift in overtime. And and really, I mean, he had a strong game. I thought in Dallas, just maybe he didn't get in the score sheet, but. Uh, you know, he, well, I think he had an assist in the Dallas game, but overall, he's just had an incredible week. Just, uh, just absolutely amazing. Uh, what, what is that now? That's seven points in his last five games, something like that. Yeah, eight in his last six. Like he's been playing out of his mind, and he added. Uh, I don't know how many shots he got tonight. I'm, I don't have that in front of me, but he had uh, in this uh, in this four game point streak. In the first three games, he had five shots, five shots, and four shots. So, yeah. like, he's he's absolutely, like, taking over the game. And, you know, it is uh, it is really amazing, the player that he's become since November. I got the, uh, I got, 
it all in front of me right now. I tweeted about it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it changed a little bit because uh, because you know he didn't score any points in the, in the third period. But uh, I've got Kevin Fiala's points per hour in all situations since November first. So remember, he kind of went o for the entire month of October. He was yep. looking real bad. He got benched, and then he uh, he scores in his, his first game of November, and then he slowly gets back in. So since the start of November. His points per hour, Kevin Fiala's, is 3.27, which is tied for 20th among forwards with 200 and, uh, or with 500 minutes in all situations. And that's so, the entire league, right? That's the entire NHL. Ooh, ooh. So we're talking about, the, here, here's some of the company that he's keeping, right? Number 18th, Jack Eichel. Okay. Number 19, William Nylander. Ooh. He's tied with Sebastian Ajo and just ahead of Andrei Svechnikov, Brad Marchand, Tevo Teravainen. Wow, wow. Yeah, I know he's been, like, just ridiculous since the month of November, but seeing that, like, that's pretty good company. That's upper echelon. Maybe maybe Paul Venden is just getting all sorts of indicated by the Fiala trade, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he looks like an absolute genius right now. Like, I'm... Um, I'm not gonna lie. Like he, <laughs> he like he should come back to Minnesota and just like uh, he should he should run onto the ice from the stands and just kind of like go with his arms spread out at center ice and be like, "What now? What now?" <laughs> you mean you mean stick his thumbs under his armpits and flutter his fingers? <laughs> how do you how do you like me? Um, you know, if he wasn't such an asshole, uh, I. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, if he wasn't, uh, if if he was able to uh, to get along with uh, with the organization and be a fit, like mm-hmm. uh, he he would have been able to uh, to take that victory lap now for sure. But yeah, just Kevin Fiala looking so good, looking like a, like a legitimate star. And and honestly, like you know how for years we complained about you know Nino Niederreiter doesn't get enough minutes, Jason Zucker doesn't get enough minutes, and, uh, mm-hmm. and all that. Kevin Fiala is averaging like 14 minutes and 36 seconds a game. Yeah, give him 18. Don't I mean, do it. right? Like they gave they gave a much worse version of Fiala 18 minutes a game a night last year. Mm, you're right. So I don't know. Like it. Uh, and, and and you know it's it's not like you know as he's gotten hot he's been getting significantly more minutes. Like he'll have games where he doesn't crack 15 minutes a night now. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I think that should maybe end. <laughs> uh, well, we, I should, I'm going to probably put a halt here to the, uh, the Kevin Fiala talk right now. We did to dedicate an entire episode to Kevin Fiala. So make sure that you go back and, uh, and check that episode out. It's called all of the Fiala feels and, uh, check that out. But uh, for this episode, we're going to get into kind of like really what the last week of the Minnesota wild where they've, they've gutted out some, some big wins against some tough teams and, um, and whether or not that changes kind of your idea for uh, the rest of the season. Uh, so why don't we get into our first break and come back and we'll debate kind of where we're, where we're thoughts are after the, the last week of the uh, Minnesota wild you're listening to lockdown wild. Welcome back to the program. You're listening to Lockdown Wild. I'm your host, Joe, and with me is Tony. Tony, the Wild went into last week after coming back from the bye, after getting thumped, you know, 6-1 to one against Boston, but then they rattled off 
three big wins against Chicago, Vancouver, and Dallas, and played a pretty competitive game against Colorado on Sunday. What did this last week mean to you in terms of like uh, whether or not the Wild should should continue on with uh, the status quo and and just kind of play it out and, and make moves at the trade deadline, or do you think maybe they really are going to go for a playoff push? I mean, at this point. <laughs> It's so hard to tell what this team's going to do, right? Because like this is a this is a team that that's really streaky, and you can see them. You know, you can see that when they get the goaltending right. Yep. When that gets together, you know, this can be a good, fun team to watch. I think the Wild, even tonight, were pretty fun to watch, and the Wild of last week, pretty fun to watch, right? I mean, yeah. it's easy to it's easy to to have fun when you're winning, which you know the Wild did all last week. But sure, yeah, like I I just I just don't believe the goaltending, and I I don't know if the rest of the team is like there to 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 hang in there. I I don't know. Like I, it, it's so confusing with this team because at the beginning you could have talked me into them getting 95 points. You could have talked me into get them getting 75 points, and mm-hmm. I'm. You know, I, I'm more confident that it's going to be somewhere in the 80 range right now. But, like, yeah. who knows? Like, I'm throwing up my hands still. Yeah, and I will say personally, I enjoyed the wins over Vancouver and Dallas. Um, I thought beating Dallas in Dallas in kind of like a buzzer-beating kind of fashion with Jewel Erickson Act, that was fun and exciting. And I know a lot of people on Twitter jumped on it and were like, well, why are the Wild winning? You know, we got a tank and this kind of stuff. And I completely understand that, but I I enjoyed those wins. I enjoyed the win over Vancouver because I I'm a I'm a longtime Wild fan. I still hate the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I just I can find enjoyment in, in in single games and 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 watch you know Kevin Fiala go off or Jules Eriksson have a monster game and, and and still enjoy that aspect of the Minnesota Wild. Overall, though, I mean, if you look at it currently, after Sunday's loss against the Avalanche, they're four points out from the wild card position. They are battling with Nashville, Arizona, and Chicago uh, that are all outside looking in. Plus, you know, they've got to battle with uh, the Jets, who are in the first wild card, and the Flames, who are in the second wild card. Like, I just don't think that there's enough there to leapfrog those teams because I still think. Like, yeah, Chicago has, has had a tough tough year. Arizona got off to a great start and has really kind of slipped, but they still got some things going. And Nashville, they've heated up. Not to mention you've got to face off against the Jets and Flames who seem to continue to just to do things to hold off and keep other teams at bay. It, there's a lot of teams to try to leapfrog in order to get there. So I just don't think it's in the cards this season. Those those things, by the way, those things are kind of hell about just being amazing. That yeah, and you brought up goaltending too, because goaltending, you know, we we see flashes of brilliance. Alex Daylock can look really good. Devin Dumnuk looked really good in Dallas, and he saved the bacon of uh, of the team, especially in that third period. But then he does kind of what he did against uh, the Avalanche. And I think there was a couple of a couple of goals that he'd certainly like to have back, and and that's just kind of been the story with the goaltending uh, for this team pretty much all season, and the fact that it's it can look good, but it's never been consistent enough to really make you feel confident that this team can go on an extended run to get back into the playoff picture. 
Right, and that's kind of the thing. Like, this team isn't at all consistent. You know, the second you think that they're going in one way, they're going to turn around and go on another, right? Because, like, we had the last eight games before tonight, they won six of them. Then mm-hmm. you look at what they did uh, before that, and they dropped uh, six out of <laughs> seven games. And then before yeah. that, they win three of four. Then that, uh, they lose... Uh, they lose uh, four of, uh, of of six. Then before that, that was kind of their big point streak. And before that was them just crapping the bed to start the year. So it's like, right. who is this team? Like, which one of these 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 teams are the real Minnesota Wild? And and what I think that we are seeing is that it is both of these teams. Like, it is a team that can look really good on. Any given two-week stretch, and they can also look like one of the worst teams in in any two-game stretch. And when you add that up, like it's a five hundred team. That's mediocrity. <laughs> it's a five hundred team. That's a team that goes into the playoffs and uh, is not a favorite at all to get by the Blues. And, and I know the trade deadline is coming up, and ultimately, like like I mentioned uh, on on past podcasts. Ultimately, you want good player performance to uh, eventually get good value at the, for them at the trade deadline. So I, you might have to sacrifice some wins there. So I don't think that for Bill Guerin, this little bit of run or even the rest of February until Tuesday the 25th when the, the trade deadline hits, that that should do anything to change his mind about the direction of this team. Like you mentioned it before, this – he owns nothing to this team uh, and where they've come and where they've been. It's only about this team's future and making it a legitimate uh, Stanley Cup champion type caliber team. And and this team right now just isn't it. I agree with all of that, of course. Like I've, I've been pounding this drum, but there are six games left until the trade deadline. Minnesota is within striking distance. I think four points is a lot to overcome when you have so many teams to leapfrog and, and you also got to remember too, that, you know, Minnesota is still in last place in the central division tied with Chicago and, and the central division has like the lowest floor of mm-hmm. the four divisions, but it's, it's not like, you know, the Western conference is super strong or anything like that. Cause it's right. not, uh, and you know, these next six games, you know, you have Vegas, you have New York, San Jose, and and St. Louis at home in those. Mm-hmm. Like, Minnesota can win two of those easy, and, and it wouldn't take that much to come away with a win against Vegas or St. Louis, I don't think. Like, you catch one of those teams on the wrong night. And then they go on the road for Vancouver and Edmonton. And, you know, I, I don't think that those are, you know, sure losses on the schedule either. So if no. they go into the trade deadline four and two in this stretch or, 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 or five and one. And they're still, you know, right around the playoff spot. I don't know if, if the GM who gave everybody chips that set poker chips that said all in at the beginning of the year is going to, <laughs> is going to show that, no, he's not all in on this team and pull the plug right. on a team that's in the playoffs. That's my worry with the trade deadline. I agree. And, uh, and I really think that in order to make some sort of run, it really comes down to goaltending. Uh, I think that the forwards is inconsistent as they can be. It seems like one line can be dominant and then the other line 
is another line becomes dominant, but then cool the, the everything else just kind of cools off. So it's tough to win that way consistently. And uh, you know, with the goaltenders, it's it's even more of a, a, a stretch in order to get a decent goaltending. So I mean, do they eventually make a move to bring Kakinen up? That I don't see happening. So ultimately, it's just one of them things that uh, I think that that Bill Guerin has to realize that this team just maybe not have everything in the cards, and that uh, everything should be looking towards next year if he wants to really turn this thing around quickly. Or quickly. All right, we're going to get into our our last break of the show, and then we'll come back and we'll we'll continue to discuss the Minnesota Wild and the week that was and how exciting it was, but what it also ultimately means for this team you're listening to locked on wild welcome back to locked on wild it's joe and tony we're going over uh kind of the last week and if it changes anything for the minnesota wild and i want to bring up tony in this segment kind of let's say the wild do kind of go on a mini run and get back into relevance sort of with the playoff picture and they get to the trade deadline and they fail to make a move they're not necessarily buyers, but they're also not selling. So, and they stand pat. What do you think are really the implications going forward if if that were to happen? I mean, I think the first one is that, you know, they'll they'll probably actually have a chance to make the playoffs. I think the last I checked uh, a couple days ago, Dom Luz-Chazen's, uh playoff odds, Minnesota mm-hmm. was at a 40% chance of making the playoffs. So, you know, that's not impossible even with the loss to 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 colorado on on sunday night and you know looking at their schedule you know there there are teams on here where it's like okay like i can see you know how how these could be some easy points coming up on the schedule they have uh Mm -hmm. they have a detroit game left still they have some games against uh they have a west coast swing where they go to San Jose, Los Angeles, and Anaheim, and and that's normally a tough trip, but I, I think those teams are kind of pushovers. They have some division games that if they take care of business against, uh, if they take care of business against teams like Chicago and Nashville, and Winnipeg, like they can, mm-hmm. they can put some distance between them. We talked about how they were going to go in the next couple of weeks to uh, to Vancouver and Edmonton. Those are teams that are. are uh, potentially wildcard competing. So this team will actually have a chance. They at near the end of the year they have uh they have a homestand where they face off against Colorado, New Jersey, and Buffalo. Uh that's that's two teams that should be easy wins right on the schedule there. So you know this team will actually have a chance to uh to make the playoffs. Okay. Ultimately, when it comes to personnel, I know uh, there's going to be a lot of fans that are probably hand-wringing and are upset if the Wild stand pat by not capitalizing on gaining assets for for other assets like a Jason Zucker or um, maybe like a Marcus Foligno or uh, a Ryan Hartman or even really like the one player that they have to make a decision on uh, is, is me- Captain Miko Koivu. So, yeah, they stand pat. But they're not necessarily losing a ton for next season outside of Miko Koivu. No. So, so I guess what are the personnel implications on that? Do you think that? Do you think it's maybe better to stand pat at this trade deadline and, and deal with uh, potentially the thirty other teams in the league? I think that the thing with that is the only player that I think that you would lose value on is Felino. 
like if Felino just kind of has a, a mediocre end of the year where he's not doing that much and he's not making much of an impact down the stretch, mm-hmm. I think that uh, that it will be maybe a little bit harder to sell. And I think that there is some appeal, and maybe I'm wrong, and teams are just afraid to to take on to to commit to any sort of term past the end of the season. And if I'm wrong there, then then I'm wrong there. But I also think that uh, that to me, if I'm a GM, being able to have an Eric Stahl or um, or a Jonas Prodine or Marcus Foligno for two playoff runs instead of one, that's more appealing to me than 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 one uh, than having them for one playoff run. But I I could well be wrong on this one, and um, I, I I think that uh, I. So I think the only one that you are really going to lose um, value on, aside from the uh, two playoff runs instead of one, is from uh, Felino. Because like when you look at uh, when you look at some of the other names that Minnesota could be considering trading, um, Jason Zucker is bouncing down the lineup a little bit. He's not uh, he's not yeah, doing he so hot as of late. Uh, Eric Stahl is in a goal funk right now, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I I don't know how much these little fluctuations work maybe it isn't the worst thing if they stand pat at the deadline even though i think that you know they could uh they could they should be able to take advantage but i do think that most of it is um most of what they can do now they probably could do in the summer when after after this team shows that you know if they do even make the playoffs they're going to, you know, probably lose in the first round to uh, to probably St. Louis, <laughs> right? And then, and then it might be easier to point to this team and be like, okay, we need to blow it up rather than you know do it at the trade deadline when you're just a, just a handful of points out. Sure. I think you know we were talking with our listener choice show on Friday, and we kind of chose three players to build around. I'm not going to say like you'd strip it down to that point, but. I think there are players that you can identify that are absolutely untouchable. And then in the off season, go forward with making smart moves, ultimately like trading guys like, um, like a, like an Eric stall right now, maybe his value is slightly diminished because of that goal funk or Miko Koivu, who uh, you're probably not going to get as much probably for Miko Koivu as you would in, in past seasons. I just, uh, I, I just wonder, like, okay, and ultimately, like, you don't want to lose. Like, the Wild need to win trades if they're going to get better faster. And and if you're always going from a position of weakness, uh, I think that kills you a little bit. So I do think that if the Wild go into the offseason with majority of their roster intact or is the same as what it is even today, that it's not the end of the world. Uh, ultimately, though, if they start the season next year with m- largely the same roster intact uh, minus or and add a couple of pieces here and there, I think that is a bit of a failure uh, by by general manager Bill Guerin to to really get the most out of this team and set this team up for the future and put a stamp on the team too. Like I don't well, right, want yeah. to keep going on with Chuck Fletcher's team. I I don't want. Um, you know, as much as we were talking about how Kevin Fiala, like uh, Paul Fenton, might uh, might want to be able to be here to pimp that a little bit, uh, I, I don't think that uh, that I want to go forward with with Kevin Fiala's team. I want to know what Bill Guerin's team is going to look like, and and I'm really 
I, I think part of it is just me being impatient and seeing that. But, like, if it has to happen in the summer, I won't like it as much as, like, if they're able to, to make those moves now. But, you know, I... Uh, I yeah. There, there's there's no choice that uh, that you and I podcasters and, and you out there <laughs> podcast listeners, I mean you're gonna have to just deal with it, and right. I'm gonna have to just deal with it. But it, it'll I don't know it'll I'm just so impatient for something to be different. Well, and I guess what is kind of eking my impatience a little bit so far with Bill Garrett has been like we haven't really heard any changes to the front office yet and i get that like they were all signed by paul fenton maybe he just would hear it and wait for contracts to not be renewed but i feel like look like make some hires make you know hires more scouts or uh, an analytics department or or um you know professional scouts or just do something i think that is something that'll that'll happen in the offseason like you think so? Like, I don't see why you can't do that in the, during the season either, though. Uh, teams aren't going to give you permission to speak to their guys. The I suppose. Season. I suppose. All right, we'll put a cap on this episode. Tony, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter, at Tony. You can find my work at The Athletic Minnesota. And you can find me on Twitter, at JoeBoo15, plus all my work at ZoneCoverage.com. And that'll do it for today's show. If you liked today's show, Please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode and you don't have to do any work. Also, we appreciate any review and a rating that you that you uh, send to us or you put on your uh, whatever podcast service you use. It does help us out. Uh, you can also follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Locked on Wild. You can also get in touch with us via email. Send your listeners' choice questions or topics as well as mailbag questions to LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Locked on Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild every day.